Welcome back to the Powerlifting Podcast. I'm your host, Solana Lewis. Today, we are bringing you a recap of the Virginia Pro, and I am joined by my co-commentator from the live stream, Leo Bonnet. And he and I go over everything from the Friday Q&A to a little bit about the lifter interviews the morning of the meet we did. We talked about the pre-show, and we dive into the actual performances we saw at the Virginia Pro. The pro was run super smoothly, excellent overall presentation. I mean, it's the highest quality meet I've ever seen in my life, and we were definitely able to top last year's meet, so I'm stoked. Can't wait for y'all to hear it, so go ahead and start listening after you leave a five-star rating and review. Guys, I said it before, I said it again, this is my last podcast of 2022, and I'm trying to get up to 20 written reviews. I'm at 18. Okay, will you be the one that helped me push it over 20? Please take a second. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. Write like one sentence positive. It means the world to me. If you're on if you're on Spotify, you can leave a rating, just not a review. Please do that for me there too. And let's dive into today's episode. All right, y'all. I'm excited because Leo, you were on last year for the Virginia Pro recap. How are you? <laughs> doing awesome thank you so much for having me back on yeah so if y'all don't know me and leo and car uh, wow what's the carthy that was weird kathy mark steiner we all were um the live stream commentators we did it last year we did it this year and so who better to have than someone who got to have the same kind of view i did which is you're not in the actual meet competing. I've done a lot of recap shows where I'm in the meet competing. <laughs> or I'm just watching the live stream. But we got the best view. Cause we got to be there the whole weekend and just watch everything. And if we weren't watching it, we we're talking to the athletes. So I think we're like kind of the best people who have the best viewpoint to talk about this Virginia Pro recap. I think so. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, it, it's different when you're actually actively watching and trying to retell the story while it's going on. So like, uh, beyond kind of like just somebody who actually watched the entire thing from beginning to end, I would definitely say that we're probably the most qualified to be able to talk about it. Yeah, and I want to start with Friday before we even got to the actual Virginia Pro on Saturday because for the first time, y'all, we did a Q&A. We did a Q&A with all the athletes. Well, most of them were there. Like 90% was there, actually, so it was pretty good turnout. And it was different. Um, I think Leo and I said it during the Q&A. I've never seen anything like this before. No one's ever gotten all these athletes together before, had them dress up and, like, answer questions. So there is good. There's some stuff we can definitely improve on. But overall, there's a lot of good. I enjoyed doing it. So what was – I'll start with you, Leo. Like, what was kind of your positives of the Q&A and what you liked about it? I think it was really just kind of taking, uh, peeling back a layer on who the people were that we were talking to, because you can only really surmise so much from somebody by like the persona that they curate on their Instagram. You know what I mean? So it's like uh, you have these athletes that you kind of see they're super strong, they're the best of the best, they're literally the point zero zero one percent. But I like the fact that you and I got a chance to ask questions that we otherwise, I, I feel like we wanted to hear them hear their answers from ourse- for ourselves more than anything. And me being somebody who's just like a, a fan of so many of these people, I, I wanted to ask questions where I feel like it spoke to enough of like powerlifting enthusiasts and, and young lifters who look up to these guys to see like, hey man, this is kind of what it takes to get here. This is also their starting point. 
and what they've done to maintain it. But they're also like human beings. And, and I love that they were able to be kind of open and honest about like, hey, man, this isn't easy to be here. And most people aren't going to get here. And like, you know, we're also human beings. We have full time jobs. We have like other things we have to do. It's not just like being really strong and focusing on being really strong. So uh, I loved that kind of human aspect beyond everything else. What about you? Yeah, so just like you kind of said, it was cool to get to know the athletes and not just talk about them as people who compete in powerlifting, but learning about their lives. And what I love, too, is like, Leo, you helped me make the questions. And as someone, so we have different perspectives, right? I'm someone who gets to compete with them a lot, and also I'm, like, friends with them. So, like, I know questions I can ask that's, like, interesting in a sense that, like, I know them well, and I know some stuff they want to be asked. But I loved your perspective in helping me make the questions because, you're, like, also a fan of them, and you're not really, like, you know, hanging out with them. So, like, you know what someone who loves powerlifting is a fan but want to know. And you have me ask questions that I wouldn't have thought of because, like, when you know a lot about someone, it's hard to ask questions that to you are basic. And you're like, yeah, duh, like, of course I know your nutrition. Why would I ask you about nutrition? But, like, it was cool to hear um, people with different perspectives on that. So, I liked that a lot, just, like, the blend of questions that we had. Um, I did get some feedback directly from the athletes. I sent out a survey after the pro. Also got some feedback from people in the audience. We had a live audience and got feedback from some people who watched the live stream. And overall, we got a lot of positive feedback. Like, I had to actually ask for negatives to get negative feedback. Um, people enjoyed hearing stuff about the athletes, learning more about them. Um, I think the number one thing I got or heard the most was too many people in it. Now, yeah. that is fair, right? So in our Q&A, we do an intro, outro, also, like, they introduce themselves. So, like, when you think about it, it's, like, 53 minutes, maybe, 54 minutes. And then, like, the time we take to ask the question and get in the microphone, and, like, there's a certain amount of time they have to answer, yeah, right? Um, that's, yeah, definitely. There was some dead time we had there. Yes, there was some dead time for sure. And also, just when you have so many people, me and you definitely made a goal to make sure everyone got at least one question. But it spreads it out so much that, like, multiple people have to answer one question. And by the time the fourth person answers the question, it's like, you want to move on. But then me and you, deep down, like, but we got to make sure that that guy in the back is the question, too. So we're going to push it to the fifth person. And, like, that was definitely something we heard back feedback on, uh, which is why we're already looking at what we're going to do differently next year and between me and you planning it and me talking to Saber probably going to have less people but I think for having the amount of people we had we did the best we could with the amount of people we had yeah no definitely I mean uh, you can't it's not easy to plan something like we did to be able to kind of like ask all these questions but also not make people feel left out because I think for you and I it was easy mm -hmm. to ask the questions to the Bobs the Ashtons the Celines and, and the Sams of the world uh, mm -hmm. I, just to kind of give people an idea of like what our planning session was like, we kind of also had to make questions where it felt general enough to be, be able to kind of spread around to everybody who wasn't like, probably wasn't going to be getting a podium spot, probably wasn't going to be getting any money. We wanted to at least spread it around and make everyone feel like they were included. Like they didn't just waste their time showing up. They just dressed mm -hmm. up on Friday night. Like, so um, I, I, I feel like that was still like a fun thing, but I do agree that I think maybe next year we try to trim it down a little bit in terms of attendance. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I'm happy you mentioned that, though. Like, people have said, you know, to people, I'm like, at least you made sure everyone was there so it's not like they wasted their time. I definitely had people reaching out to me like, should I even go? Like, you know, I'm not top five, top ten. But we wanted, it's our first time doing it, so we really wanted to include everyone. And the roster was so different this year because we had a lot of non-pros. So it was that point where it's like, we have so many, not, let's just invite everyone. Like, <laughs> but... That's kind of how it was. It was just like a big blend of the interesting roster. Um, but next year, we'll definitely, we're probably going to trim that down. Um, I think the only other major, oh, couple other pieces of feedback was, some people said we could have asked spicier questions. And me and you, we had just kind of talked about that. And no, you, you look more hesitant. I definitely want to ask some spicier questions next year. However... We do have to keep it, number one, family-friendly. <laughs> but number two, we just have to also realize that certain questions, if you don't follow these lifters closely on Instagram already, if you're not listening to podcast episodes where we learn about their lives, certain spicy questions will, like, not resonate to people who don't know the lifters really well. That also crossed my mind, too. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, I mean, um... That, that is that is kind of like a a different thing. I, and I know some people who were probably watching didn't know everything about some of these lifters and um, and maybe they didn't know like certain storylines. And we tried to kind of set some storylines, I think, on the pre-show on Saturday. But uh, yeah, I, I think what we were kind of going for on that Q&A was if anybody has ever seen kind of uh, the Olympia uh, weekend, they always do a a press conference and what they kind of do is try to drum up hype. Like uh, Sean Ray and Bob Chicarillo, they, they always kind of get together and they ask these kind of like, they're trying to get under their skin. They're trying to get like, you know, back in the day it was like Phil and Kai and they try to ask like these spicy questions and be like, who's going to stand, who's going to be the last man standing, blah, 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 blah. And we did ask that question, but it's like, yeah, could we have asked like uh, Charles Ocpoco, like, "Hey, man, uh, we gonna hit depth this year?" Or like, you know, like things like that. Like, it's, we like, those kinds of questions that, like, yeah, they're a little bit like kind of on the edgier side. So I, I get it that that maybe we could have. Admittedly, we wanted to play it safe. I think just because like that's kind of our calling card in terms of the stream is, uh, we wanted to make it as professional as possible. But maybe next year we uh, we gotta push it a little bit. Yes, we'll, we'll do a little, a little pushing. It won't be a roast. It can't be a roast. We would get in trouble. <laughs> but a little bit of pushing. But also, a smaller roster is the only way that's possible, in my opinion. I can't, we can't, you know, we ask those questions to the bigger lifters, and then all of a sudden, this much time spent on that, and then you have the 10 people in the back who didn't get a question. So that's why we'll be making some changes next year. Um, but overall, though, the, last, the only other thing I, I heard, which I loved hearing, because then, like, I still haven't gone back to watch the whole Q&A. I watched some of the live stream, not the Q&A. Um, someone was like, it would have been cool to, like, get another view where you can see the audience reaction sometimes. And I was like, oh, that wouldn't cross my mind because I'm not in charge of the camera. But maybe we can mention that. Like, okay, can you get a view of the audience a little bit too? Let me ask a spicy question and then go back to the lifter. So, that was cool. Questions uh, that the live stream could ask on air. Um, my thing about that is that I'm worried about people being appropriate, I guess, um, when it comes to, uh, submitting questions anonymously online. I think that's also why, like, uh, Saber, when it came to those questions that they were asked on the YouTube, we, we had to vet them ahead of time. 
I'm yeah. like worried about like the live kind of like hey reaction like oh hey like Leo's dying like stupid and I'm like oh thanks my wife picked it up you know like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. well I mean Saber already said he will bet the questions so that's not even an issue like he's not gonna bring anything out that's not appropriate so yeah. that'd be fine um but yeah but yeah overall I'm happy we tried it and next year will be even better it'll be fun yeah. um alright yeah. let's Lovely. dive into I know right and I love last thing Love that they dressed up. When do we ever get to see all the athletes together dressed up? To the Never. Night. Everyone looks uh, awesome. Yup. Yeah. And 100% of the cast sentiment survey, they all appreciated dressing up that Friday. And I'm like, good, because I would have hated the whole thing if they were in sweatpants. I would have literally been like, I don't care anymore. Like, that was my attitude. Like, <laughs> they look great, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, that everyone kind of bought in and, and agreed to do something that we thought was cool. Yeah, that was cool. All right, all right. So let's dive into the actual Virginia Pro on Saturday. Um, that was fun to watch. I think we'll start with the woman. And women's will honestly be a shorter recap because we had our top five, which is fun to talk about. The rest was definitely a bigger gap in dots with the roster we had this year. But we knew coming into this that Celine versus Samantha Calhoun were the two fighting for that first place position. Yeah, so I mean... We had already talked about it in the pre-show um, leading up to it, and, and both you and I are kind of like fans of talking about things that people don't talk about enough. So it's like leading into the Virginia Pro, we kind of already knew like the big one was just like, oh, is Bob going to do it? Like, is he finally going to kind of take that next step forward? And um, yeah, yeah, that's that's exciting, and, and we're all huge Bob fans, right? But you and I were talking before even the pre-show started. We were like, man, I want to see this Celine and, and Sam matchup, right? Like I'm like, they're right. They're neck and neck. Right. So, and especially Celine coming off of kind of like a short prep coming off of CPT. So we didn't really know what was going to happen here. And, and Sam kind of like went into it thinking like, it was like, Oh, Hey man, like, wow. Like, well, Celine's in this, like, it's not going to be easy money anymore. Like mm-hmm. uh, I, I need to be on my game. And that kind of urgency made it, super exciting to be like hey one of you guys misses a lift like doors wide open all of a sudden and it kind of played out exactly like that when we saw it on stream was when sam missed that third squat and we were all kind of shocked by it i think um we were like oh man like on stream you and i were like that kind of leaves it open for a win here for celine and uh, Mm -hmm. celine like blew that door down man it was incredible frankly I know, and, like, we both talk about this a lot. Like, Sam is known for going 9 for 9, but Celine is officially also known for going 9 for 9. She's done it now, after this, she's done it three times in a row. If she did it last year, I don't remember, because all I can think of is the three performances in a row she had <laughs> this year that she just keeps winning yeah. and killing it and improves her improves her dots and her total every single meet, even if it's an eight-week turnaround. And so, you know, you're right. I saw Sam miss that squat, and Samantha Calhoun, like, when was the last time? I'm on the open powerlifting. When was the last time she missed a squat? Like, we, I've never noticed seen it okay let's see all right all the way back in 2018 2018 was the last time sam did not go three for three on the squat so that's why we were both like in full-on shock and we were like oh snap like that once she did that celine absolutely had to miss a lift for sam to even have a chance of still winning and once we got to the first deadlift uh celine was about 15 dots ahead of sam 
like once they both different deadlift. So truly it was a wrap after Sam and Seth squat unless Selena had missed something and she was not missing. No, she wasn't. And uh I mean there's a reason why she has that nickname, right? Celine the Machine. It's the like machine. it almost feels <laughs> Like, no one could have a more fitting nickname than somebody who just goes nine for nine, comes in and literally just crushes dreams and walks out with money, walks out with titles, just like she's a machine. And only she can show up within a very short prep time and come in and win and then move on. It's like uh, this makes the Pro Series finale in Columbus so incredibly exciting to watch. Like, I mean, I'm like I'm counting the days for the Arnold now. It's uh. I can't wait to see her do it again. I know. Wild. And then moving on. So we have our third place, Jasmine Penn. Now, y'all, I hope y'all were watching the meet because I remember she comes out for her. So she does her second squat, right? Kills it. Super easy. She comes out. Oh, but that was the first squat she got on the board because the first squat she missed on death. The second squat she went up by like, I should double check. But like, I know with at least 10 kilos. Oh, 7.5? Yeah. Okay, so I'm like, you know, boom, hits it, looks like a looks like an opener, honestly. It was great. Yeah. She comes out for third, and I see that it's a two and a half kilo jump, and I'm like, maybe she like maybe she was nervous. Like I was like, maybe I don't know, because like that was less than she had in nationals, and nationals she had more than tank. So I was like, I don't know. And then it, it hit me after she hit it. I'm like, they for they did not get to the table on time, did they? No. Like it hit me hard. I was like, wow. And I talked to them after. Yup. Did not get to the table in time. Now, Jasmine and Sam were literally, let me check right now. I think they were like one and a half dots points away from each other. They were. It yeah. was up one and a half. Bro, like yeah. Jasmine should have been pushing Sam to have to hit a 501 or more deadlift to get second. Yeah. And it got to that point too. And obviously, like, um, I don't know how it changes if Jasmine hits that that uh, that third deadlift. Um, she might end up leapfrogging her there, but it was uh, man, it got it got so close there. And and now that you mentioned that third squat that that Jasmine ended up getting, but she only went up two point five. Um, it made sense because in the moment we were kind of asking like, oh man, like only two and a half kilo jump on between mm-hmm. second and third, like. Uh, some, I mean, in most cases, it's almost like that's not even worth taking the jump for. Like, I mean, if it's, uh, especially if it was like your second was a grind, and her second wasn't a grind at all. I remember it flew. So I think we were kind of expecting somewhere even in the north of like 202 or maybe even 205. Um, but no, it was, uh, and I think that that ended up kind of biting them a little bit uh, for, for Jasmine and her team. So um it was, though, still a great performance by Jasmine. And I think, if anything, it kind of shows that she has that potential to sneak into the conversation of even potentially not just taking a two spot, but maybe even winning if people aren't on their game. Oh, like, I, I agree with that. I'm not sure how close she would have been to Selene if she had gotten that third yeah. squat, because yeah. Selene did take about like 14, 15 kilos. I mean, not kilos. Uh, Dots points, which yeah. is huge. Yeah. But, yeah, like, and I told Sam later on, we hung up tonight, I was like, I was like, Jasmine should have been uh, pushing you to get that, to, like, yeah. make your third deadlift way heavier. Like, she should have. And she was like, I agree. I was like, they made a mistake. So, it happens sometimes, but it's the worst when you see, like, some handling mishaps at Big Me. It's the it, worst. It, it's, it's a heartbreaker. And it's this heartbreaker, like, to watch, too, because it's like, you know, the athlete is always capable of something more um, and and uh, my heart goes out to the coaches too because sometimes they're just like, man, there's so much going on that they have to think about. And, and in a case like a dots meet, it's like 
you're waiting for that other lifter to kind of like what they're going to put in. And then you got to run back to the table and, and, and change your attempts or potentially put in a new attempt. Like um, it's hard, but it's like, you kind of alluded to it. There is uh, at the end of the day, if you're depending on other lifters to miss their attempts for you to beat them out, the odds are you're probably not going to get it. You know what I mean? Like the odds are you're probably not going to beat a Celine if like you're hoping that she doesn't hit nine for nine, which we've already seen is like, buddy, like that is just, it's staple. yeah, <laughs> you're, 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 that's wishful thinking. Yeah. Oh my God. I agree. I agree. And then, so we called her our dark horse. Oh man. We called Carly Richard our dark horse. And she was because she snuck into that fourth place spot with that last pull. And that last pull, I was like, yeah, she definitely had like five, seven, half more kilos left. She just hit it to get fourth place and skip over Autumn Green. Yeah. But she, I mean, she only, she ended up with like, I think one dots. Yeah. One dots point above what she hit at Nats. So 506, but like she had more in the tank and she did a good meet. Yeah, no, Carly, and we had mentioned it previous to the stream was uh, talking about Carly's really short, kind of like nascent career. I'm looking at her now. Um, this was her third meet on record. Yep, I mean, third meet like, ever. Uh, her last one was Mega Nats in June. So it was a six-month turnaround. Her dots only went up like about a point, uh, not even a full point, but it was like – but you have to consider the fact that like she started with a 471 dots in 2021 of December. So literally just last year, uh, almost to the date. So it's like her dots went up 30 plus points in a calendar year, which is crazy when it's already starting at a 470. I mean, you want to talk about being born on third base. That's it, folks. I mean, it's just like that is an incredible like starting point for anybody's career. Um, Carly Richard is like, I hope we remember that name, uh, moving forward because it's like, she is now that girl to watch moving forward in terms of like the, the placings and the pro series and everything and nationals moving forward. It's like, uh, beating out an autumn green is not a small thing. So it's like, and especially at, at your, your pro debut. So, um, huge shout outs to, uh, to Carly Richard. I'm really excited to watch her moving forward. I know, right? And if y'all want to hear more about her, the last episode um, that I just posted was with Carly Richards. So it was an easy talk. I loved it. She was a really cool girl. And then we have Autumn Green. So Autumn made sure to weigh in above the 75 kilo weight class, took the world record in the squat, which was lower than her 75 kilo record. So now she has the record um, in this 82.5 kilo weight class, which is wild. No, and and did you, I mean, I, I actually looked back at it because she reposted it and obviously we watched it in the moment, but watching it back again on the replay was incredible. I mean, like you want to talk about absolutely smoking your third attempt and, you know, credit to the Oracle, Mr. Steve Denovi, uh of PR's performance, like her coach on that call, but knowing that she was going to go in there, whatever she would put on the bar, she was going to absolutely destroy it. And seeing that third squat fly the way it did, so easy. I was low-key <laughs> like, man, we should have bumped that up like 2.5 keys, maybe a fiver, but it's like, it was so fun. And the thing is, like, uh, more than anything about, if you ever watch Autumn Green compete, especially when she goes for these big third attempts, um, she just has this kind of emotion in her that, like, it, man, it just makes you want to run through a wall, too, you know what I mean? Like, uh, she is one of the more exciting lifters to see, especially when it comes to the squad, is like, uh, 
she just gets so hyped and and it's a really really fun lift to watch and and why and that one specifically was uh was incredible man I, uh, nothing but awesome things to say about autumn green yeah and honestly see like that's why i love having this podcast because i've interviewed everyone who was top five already and if you guys listen to autumn's podcast and i'm not gonna talk about it but if you listen to it you'll know why she has such a fight in her yeah. like you'll know like her life is there's stuff going on in it, but she, like, the way that her mindset is, is incredible. Yeah. And I'm not ever shocked to see her have great performances because I'm like, well, you're a fighter, so why would you not, you know, come out there and attack the way like that? She is the definition of, uh, got that dog in her. Straight up. Not Dude, so, so, so true. Uh, I will give some honorable really quick shout-outs because... Jasmine Pepper, who I also had on right before we went to the pro, I had her on. She won at a 400 kilo total. I will not get into how hard the day was for her before she even got to the pro to compete. But she hit the total. She's won it for four years. That was really cool to see. Shout out to you, friend. Ariel Patra went nine for nine again, two, two meets in a row. And we all know that she did not do well in national because she bombed out. So... Some good day, just like some happiness that I have for my friends, even if they were not anywhere near top five. <laughs> I'm proud of them. They were close enough. I mean, they were they were just outside of it, kind of thing, and and they still kind of turned in their uh, for Ariel and, and Jaslyn actually won like very close to each other. They both achieved, um, you know, 480, almost 490 dots, uh, both of them. So it's like uh, they're they're both kind of on, just on the outside looking in. So I mean, don't be shocked if uh, should they compete. Uh, again here soon like they could be scratching near those 500 dots that they're probably chasing so um great execution by both of them and and both phenomenal lifters too i mean like uh, uh i love that that you're you know giving them their flowers too though you know what i mean like it's important that we also shout out the people that didn't squeeze into that top five but they were like they were right there too yeah, and I can't forget Dr. Allie's uh, third deadlift where she missed it, but it was, like, so fun to watch it. Like, I would have dropped that so much early. She was just, like, holding on for dear life. Her whole body was convulsing, but the bar never went down. <laughs> she almost locked it, but she couldn't. Did you also see there was a moment where uh, Dr. Weinberg, where Dr. Weinberg looked down. <laughs> and she was like kind of like almost it felt like an out of body thing where she was like looking at herself <laughs> trying to lift this like this up to like full extension i was like it was it was pretty cool man so i mean uh shout out ali weinberg man that was uh that was dope oh my god i agree i agree all right we're gonna move it along um let's talk about the men so even if the full roster was not, or the full top five was not what, what me or you predicted, yeah. we did both say Bob will win. Yes. So we can talk about that. Give us, if nothing, if the internet gives us nothing, give us that. We did have that. We had different. We got everything else wrong, though. We got everyone else wrong. We absolutely. Like, just uh, don't be merciless on that part. But, but yeah, we got we got Bob right. Which is what matters. And. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so watching that meet, so first of all, we saw him miss a second attempt squat, right? And both of, both of us were like, oh, like, skirt what? Like, <laughs> he missed the second squat. And what's wild to me is, like, he's so strong that, like, it did not matter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. he's so strong that he still was, like, 
able to pull out the win, and it wasn't even like barely. Because when I looked at his, like, yes, he pulled what he needed to win, and it didn't go as heavy as he wanted to go. Um, but like you saw, like I looked at that last deadlift, I'm like, I feel like you had like at least seven and a half more kills than you. Like it was not anything crazy. It was not a grind for him. Cause I've seen him grind out lists. I'm like, that was not a grind for you. Like you were fine. No, but it's like I, I'm learning that. Uh, What's that, what's that quote from Mean Girls? It's like, the limit does not exist kind of thing. Like, that's quite literally what I think of when I think of a Bob Matthews, um, especially on a pull. Um, especially on a pull like that, where so much is behind and so much means. Like, it meant that it was like, okay, I hit this third deadlift. Everyone is now behind me. It's over. And, like, the moment he puts it down and tosses up the one to let everybody know, like, there is no competition. It's me right everyone's chasing me i'm i'm that dude i'm him literally and ah, man i it it was one of the cooler moments i think i've ever seen in powerlifting um when bob finally hit that third deadlift and tossed up the one it was uh i, I like even talking about it now like i get like little chills about it so uh it was cool man it was cool i, I think we're seeing the uh, the beginning of something uh awesome from bob matthews he had his michael false moment yeah. I mentioned that on the last year. I'm like, Michael Phelps always puts up number one yeah. when he wins a race yeah. or when he did win races. Yeah. And I'm like, yep, he, he has his moment. Number one dots uh, for any test lifter this year in the world. Yeah, it was incredible, man. And uh, I, I guess, like, now you see it kind of like he's done it already. He's done it in Nazi. He's done it here. Um, you're kind of, like, expecting greatness again. So there's a... Uh, there's now a narrative going forward at for Columbus and, and at the Arnold is like, now you're kind of like, okay, Bob's that dude. But like, we have some other people kind of sneaking into the conversation. We're, we'll talk about it after the men, but it's just like, but now it's uh, at least for the pro, the Virginia pro was, it was truly Bob and then the field. Yeah. Yes. But Daniel Clemens came out and surprised us. He did. Um, he like, I'm like, I didn't have him in my top five. I, I'm ashamed of myself. I, I truly am ashamed of myself. Um, I talked good things about him. I did. I said good things about him. But, yeah. So he, he freaking destroys it. I mean, how many times has Dan gone for 700 pounds in a deadlift? I need to check this. I know that I think he tried this for like two years in a row and never gotten yeah, it. Let's. And actually, the, yep. Since 2021, Raw Nats, he's been trying to do 700, and he got 705 and freaking killed it. <laughs> so, so the thing about uh, Dan too is that like it's not that he hasn't hit it in training because I'm pretty sure he has, but on top of it, it's um, I do recall at a meet in Virginia. I don't recall which one it was, but Dan uh, didn't go for it on the platform, but then he went to the warm up room. And he pulled 700 anyway. And it was just like, so you know it's always been there. It's just like, was when was it going to be there on game day? And to finally get to see it, I know it meant so much to Dan and uh, and his coach, Matt Holden, uh, of game day, Systematic Strength on Instagram. Uh, both of them been together, training, uh, working together for a long time. So it, I, I know it meant a lot to, to Dan and his team. So um, it was really cool um to see especially for uh, a lifter like dan to finally get his shine um it did take uh, ashton kind of missing two lists for him to kind of get that spot in there and kind of how we alluded to it earlier about jasmine is dan is a phenomenal lifter in his own right but if ashton hits the lifts that he needed to hit 
on game day, I still think that he ends up in third. Um, but but it was nice to see that uh, for him to kind of like, hey, man, he had the day that he needed to have, and he did awesome. And that was also with missing his opening deadlift and then moving up 15 keys anyway. So um, it was awesome to see that. And uh, huge shout-out to the shadow powerlifting man. He's awesome. I mean, and we all know, too, at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter who's the stronger lifter outside the gym. Like, yeah. yes, Ashton, that's wise is definitely stronger overall. Yeah. Because we've seen him for years. But on the day of, if you're not, then okay. Like, uh, no, yeah. one no one cares. What you hear at the gym, yeah. no one cares. <laughs> like, he wasn't able to execute fully. Yeah. Uh, Ashton did take third, went seven for nine. What makes me kind of, like, laugh a little bit is that I'll see Ashton, so we all went out to eat the night before, and, like, he's out to eat with us, and it's kind of, like, in my opinion, it was kind of, like, you know, I think he probably got home, like, 11 or something like that, and I'm like, I know Bob is sitting in his, like, bed in the Airbnb at, like, 9 p.m., having his Bob shake and going to sleep, and I'm like, I see Ashton out, and I'm like, I just wonder, I deep down wonder if Ashton was, like, super serious, like, the day before, even the week out, like, like, Bob was, like, would that be enough that he could somehow, like, hit every single thing that he plans on hitting on me today? It, it, the thing, I mean, this, these, so, uh, these are kind of stories you obviously hear, and, and you've told me as much, uh, I guess, about Bob, because I, I don't know him as well personally, but um, the way you kind of described him is just, just, like, it's like he's been built in a lab for this. I mean, he, like, he literally, he tracks everything to the gram on his macros. Um, he gets... Uh, a militant amount of sleep every night. Uh, he times out everything that he has to do. He follows his routine. And that's what you have to do to kind of not just be the guy, but remain the guy and to beat out a guy like Ashton. And it's not even saying that Ashton isn't taking it seriously. He's one of the best to literally ever touch a barbell. Um, but it's like, that's the kind of commitment you need to have to be able to hold off uh, an Ashton Ruska and a Daniel Clements and an Austin Perkins from trying to overtake you at the next meet. It's like Bob has that literal dog in him. Like he's literally the guy, but on top of it, he has the mentality of somebody who's like an underdog almost. So it's like, it's a dangerous combination. If I'm like somebody who's trying to chase Bob, I'm like, man, good luck. It's just like, right. I really hope, I really hope you have everything, every duck in a row, because if you don't, um, he's going to continue to be that guy for a long time. This one makes me excited to see Bob versus Petrie Oof. versus everyone else too it's at the finale, incredible. but that, that's for another time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then fourth place last year, fourth place this year, Austin Perkins. Shout out. So, yep, shout out to him. Okay. So, he missed his third squat on depth, and I said... In the two white lights preview show, did. I said if he doesn't hit every squat attempt, he's not winning. Because I wasn't sure if he would. And we all saw his training, he was squatting high. And everyone was like, it's okay though, because on meet day, he never misses on squat. And I was like, oh, I just had a feeling once the weight got loaded for third, he wasn't hitting it. So once he missed it, I was like, oh, 
all right, I don't think he's going to overall take it for a day. Still incredible to see him compete so well when he just had hernia surgery and even said during the Q&A, the doctor said he would never lift again. And I'm happy he didn't take that seriously because I'm at a point where I stopped taking all doctors seriously when it comes to anything about lifting. I've, I don't, I literally ignore them as if they are homeless men on the street just blatant ignore, <laughs> walking past them. Like, hey, you're I'm not, I'm but, <laughs> to, to say, hey, don't listen to a doctor. But like when it comes to, to most lifting injuries, uh, you should probably seek out a, a, a DPT of, you know, an actual physical therapist who is a lifter um, because they'll kind of actually be a little bit more, you know, versed in, in being able to kind of get you back under the barbell and moving forward. Cause it's like for, for doctors in general, it's just like their, their best interest is like, Oh, you got hurt lifting. Just don't ever do it again. Like, yep. so, so like, that's really not how it works. Sam! Yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, definitely find a lifting physical therapist if you ever can. Cause those are, those are the ones who could, who could definitely help you out. But that said, uh, Austin Perkins, um, we're talking about a six for nine day. Um, not, not what you're looking for. Right. I mean, uh, and it was like, kind of like a strange thing. It was like, he missed his third squad on depth. He missed that bench, uh, second attempt that he had to retake. And then he missed that, that third deadlift. Um, but even after all that, he still sneaks into a, a fourth place spot, um, on not having like the best day. When I think about Austin Perkins, like obviously you have to think about the storyline of uh, literally having a catastrophic injury earlier in the year, bouncing back immediately to be able to kind of come back to the VA Pro. I remember we we called, um, we did commentary work together at the Arnold um, because he wasn't he wasn't healthy enough to compete. But you know, all that aside, uh, Perk came out shot out of a cannon. I mean, like when we saw him get on the platform, I mean he was hype as he always is. He's he's like he's literally got the juice all the time. Like, but that in some ways I think sometimes may work against him when it comes to execution on game day, because there's something to be said about kind of internalizing your hype, quieting the noise a little bit. There's like a fine line between like being too hyped to like one, not hit uh, like the, the lift or execute the lift the way it's supposed to be executed and then like, but having enough juice to be able to like go up there and set a new PR on squat bench deadlift. So I think that moving forward, maybe like, uh, you know, Joe and, and, and Austin kind of like, uh, discuss trying to kind of like, uh, hone in that hype, maybe internalize a little bit, kind of quiet the noise a little bit, maybe not running it because missing some of those lifts, I feel like was a function of being a little bit too aroused, kind of stimulated, uh, a little bit. So, um, I, I, I hope that that's something that, that Perk can kind of take on because uh, we, we keep talking about, like, man, he's he's not underrated. He's the guy. He's, he's the guy. He's the guy. Um, but it's like it's going to take more than that just to be, like, you know, the guy. It's going to take actually yeah. executing on game day. And, um, and yeah, we didn't, we didn't see it at this point. Where, um, same thing with like the bench, like still massive bench progress, 413. Before that, his best ever bench was 396. So that's a big jump. And that's been missing second attempt. And we already talked about how like nutrition changed. He's gotten way stronger. But yeah, definitely the third depth. If I saw him like run, I feel like he sprinted out. Like, it was over in a blink. He sprinted out up to the bar. Yeah. I feel like he didn't even stop moving. He just starts lifting it, like drops it and runs off. And I was like, did you even stop moving for a second to, like, get settled for the yeah, <laughs> man, deadlift? Like, crazy. so, that was, like, I think that's what you mean. Like, he just really kind of rushes some stuff. But 
hopefully we'll see him get it together. It's I think it's also like a lift and maturity thing, which is what you're also kind of alluding to. Yeah. Like he may have been competing for longer than both. Yeah. Longer than Bob for sure. Longer than us? Longer than uh, Ashton? Maybe not. No. Maybe okay, cool. Ashton. Well, way longer than Bob. Yeah. <laughs> way longer than Bob. Yeah. And you can just see like the poise of the two people are very, very different. So I feel like, yeah. yes, like the game day actual mental could be what would be, get him over the edge and like get him to execute. Yeah, yeah maybe a, that, that could just be the next the next kind of step for Perk is is honing that kind of mental stuff because otherwise like the strength he, he's never going to lose on strength man he had it's all there uh even even tech it's all there it's just like i think it's just that last piece it's that it's that mental stuff and it's about being able to kind of internalize that hype and put it right on the platform and go kind of thing um but yeah um still still a great day nonetheless even like taking fourth here after missing three lifts is like that still does show that he's he's an incredible lifter in his own right and um, the the disparity between fourth and fifth on the dots at this meet was massive. Um, it was we're talking twenty six points almost uh, separating uh, Perk from uh, Sean Noriega. Yeah, I know. So speaking of Sean, he took fifth place. He was bond on squats, bro. I'm about to be pissed. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I'm about to be pissed. I'm like, come on, bro. <laughs> like. So on two white lights, they say I hate Sean. Sean knows I don't hate him because me and Sean will laugh and say hi and hug every time I see him. But like at the Q and A, remember I asked him, okay, what do you prefer, or which one's more motivating for you, head to head or dots meets? Now, duh, I know the answer to the question. Really, anyone who pays attention to Sean does. Like, you know, the head to head meet is the one that like he gets the most excited about because he's trying to be a specific person. So he literally made it seem like this meet should be like a walk in the park. Like this meet is just a stepping stone to nuts. And I'm like, my friend. You missed two squats. You got the third, but you had one red light on it. Literally, by by God's grace and by a string of floss, you made it through. Um, <laughs> I mean, some people say that he's just a really big fan of two white lights. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm a big <laughs> fan of the podcast. Plug the podcast. So, uh, but no, I, I do understand that. Um, and and watching the stream back again. That third one still was absolutely close. Um, it was close, yeah. From the angle we had too. So, and you and I had kind of said that on there was we had said we we're like, oh man, that one. We'll see what happens because uh, whenever a squat looked good on stream, you and I would mostly say like, yeah, that looked good. Let's see what the referees say, right? For his case, it was like, yeah, that one looked close. Let's see what they say, kind of thing. <laughs> so it's like, so yeah, it was a, uh, it was a really close one for for Sean, but. Um, you know, that's kind of just like the function of, of his squat setup. We're talking about a guy who's not just a, a super wide stance, but he's also in heels. And, and he's got like kind of that hinge position in his squat. So um, he's kind of dependent also like on the speed aspect. So it's like he's going to go down fast. And if that referee doesn't see the depth that's required to throw a white light, like he's not going to give it to you, especially if you're squatting like super fast because – we mentioned it on the stream, but it's like, if you squat super fast, like you're not really giving the referee enough time to discern, like, was that it kind of thing? Like, uh, speaking for myself, like I'll, I always give the benefit of the doubt to the lifter. Um, if I think that it's 50, 50, I'll usually give it to the lifter, but it, 
clearly like knowing the referees that were on the side. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like they were like, man, he wasn't even close. So, uh, so at least he got it on the, uh, on the third spot, which is good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you want to talk about playing with fire. I mean, the guy almost bombed out. Yeah. And then he got two of his benches. So happy he got those. He saw the same issue he had at nationals, but coming up, that's why he got the one red. Um, and then he did go three for three on deads. Yeah. It was nice to see him go three for three on deads. Yes, and they looked awesome. Yeah, they all they were all smoked. So I mean, uh, and I don't think we expect anything different. Like uh, Sean is one of the most explosive lifters in the game. So um, you know, you kind of expect that out of him. Um, and uh, yeah, no, and that was kind of how he kind of secured that spot in. Uh, in fifth place there um but it wasn't without kind of you know getting pushed by some guys on the outside of that top five i mean we saw connor borkert um you talked about it before the we started uh recording but um bork man he had the meat of his life he had the best meat he's had since 2020 i was so proud of my teammate (laughs) shout out bork uh Yep, I'm looking now. So 1895 total. He that's what he got at the pro, and that's what he got in 2020 at winter record. So he matched his best ever, mm-hmm. which we've seen Connor over the last couple of years. He's had just a couple of hard times with certain lifts, uh, especially the squat. It was like way lower than it has been. But like he came out his 689 squat, yeah. 474 bench press, 733 deadlift. Like this is the Connor we've been waiting to see since 2020. Yeah. No, and and Bork honestly, like, uh, just knowing him personally, uh, he's like a personal friend of mine. Uh, seeing him not just go nine for nine because you kind of expect that out of a a Brad Cooleyard coached athlete, but like seeing him have that big day at his home gym in his home state, um, I know that just meant a little bit more for him. I know he has his girlfriend Nicole there, so. Um, and his whole team there. I mean, uh, shout out to the TFN people there too, Reggie and, and Kevin and everyone else. It was uh, it was really great to see Bork kind of have that day, especially because it was the Virginia Pro. I feel like it would still mean a lot if it was at like say the Pro Finale or anything in the Arnold or Nats, right? But I think it means a little bit more when it's a hometown meet for you. So um, really, really happy for Bork. It was a it was a great day, and, and literally just missed out on getting money there. <laughs> Yeah, he did. Um, but how do we? Oh, yeah, by five. But yeah, five dots points. Five. So pretty close. But proud of you, teammate. Um, okay, looking down. Other honorable mentions. So Tracy Gilliard. We were talking about him in the pre-show because we saw him making ridiculous progress in training in general. Mm-hmm. And overall, he got twenty-eight more pounds on his total than he did at nationals. So that's like a big jump from Nats to now, and he improved his dots by four points, and that's going seven for nine. So you had a pretty good day. No, Tracy, I mean, uh, shout out Big Body Gains, man. I mean, Tracy has kind of shown that he's not just a one-trick pony. Um, I think when people see him, they're just like, oh, big deadlift guy, right? Like, And yes, he does have a massive deadlift. Um, but it's like, the bench press is like, is pretty damn strong for somebody who's like who has otherwise fairly long leverage like i mean he's a he's a longer athlete he's a more slender kind of athlete his bench press is like really good too so it's like um i'm looking back at kind of his performance here i'm like we're talking about a 185 bench for a guy who was like just barely above the 82.5 kilo mark uh he's a comfortable uh 82.5 lifter 
And, mm-hmm. and that squat also was like, was nothing to sneeze at either. I and mean, we're talking about, he just missed 277.5. And that one was like, that one was on strength, but it was like, but that's what you want to miss on, on game day. You're when you're talking about kind of making good attempts, um, he hit that 257. He went up to 272. Uh, that was a big jump. And I think there was a little bit of a shocker. I feel like maybe they could have scratched that third and just kind of saved his bullets for the rest of. The yeah. Um, and maybe that's probably what his coach of B will do next time. But it didn't really sap his strength on bench press. He went three for three on bench. He ended up hitting a 185 bench, massive bench press. And then moving on to deadlift, opening at 310. I mean, like, I'm looking at the at the list here, and the only other people who opened above him were Ashton and Bob. So it's like, dude, I mean, the, Tracy is – he's incredible. And I really hope that, that people kind of take notice of him moving forward. He missed that 337 uh, on his third attempt, but – Tracy is is like he's gonna be a guy in the eighty twos now. Like I mean, especially now that we don't know what's gonna happen. Maybe there's people moving into the ninety kilo territory that aren't gonna be eighty twos anymore. So it's like it kind of opens up that thing. And um, you know, those are storylines for you know two white lights. <laughs> no, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think Tracy all of a sudden becomes a, a, a kind of like a name now. Like so, I, I really hope that. Uh, people saw him as as a breakout guy because that's what I did. Um, I Tracy was was uh, was the breakout guy for for me at the VA Pro. Uh, love to see a day. He had a really good day yeah. going down. We also had Charlie Yang. He had a pretty good day, and they're going seven for nine. I was bummed out that he missed the last dead and that he put that much weight on the bar. I saw his training going well for deadlifts. I saw him hit six fifty well, and then he went for six seventy two. And I was just like, why can't you just put like a little bit lower? Because like he was doing so well, and I really wish that he had, like hit that third dead. But overall, though, fourteen eighty eight total, which is less than nationals due to him missing the third dead and also retaking the third the second squat hit to retake it so yeah so the thing about charlie though too that kind of makes that third deadlift missed a little bit more bittersweet as well is um he made a post uh yesterday or actually maybe even earlier today about um kind of wanting to take a break from powerlifting um Mm. so he had mentioned that uh you know it's just one of those things that life is kind of coming into play and and now it's like you know he kind of wants to uh you know the 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 i guess that vigor for training really isn't there like it used to be and that fire so um i think he had mentioned that uh he just wants to take a step away from the platform for a little while and and focus on some other things and uh and maybe we'll see him back again because charlie yang is like a, a decorated lifter in his own right um but on top of it he's a uh, he's a he's a he's a really nice guy, really awesome dude, and um, you know I I know we uh, we hope to see him back on the platform someday, um, but still like a still a great day and two and on top of that we're talking about a, another local lifter too, so uh, I think it was pretty cool for him to uh, to be able to come back to Virginia and and compete here. So um, shout out to Charlie Young. I think besides that we have we had some bomb outs. We had Eric Lapointe and. <laughs> Uh, 75 kg champion 75 kg national champion and he was going up again against dan and in the pre-show i literally was like eric are you gonna be dancing that he was like yep and then boom i don't know what it was a combination of i know he got some soft lockouts for the squat like soft knees that they called 
and then also depth. So the first squad was depth. Second squad was one gave him a red card for for depth. One was for Sophonies. Third squad was just Sophonies from both side refs. So a rough day for him. And then unfortunately he didn't finish out the meet. He mentioned having knee pain, or he he pointed to his knee. As he walked past our commentary booth, and that's why I took from that. <laughs> he yeah. had any pain, but we, that was unfortunate. That on the stream, but there was a moment where where you and I kind of looked off camera, and we saw him walk by, and we're like, "Hey, what what happened?" Kind of thing, and he was just he was like, "Like, are you like, are you done?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'm out." And he pointed to his knee, and I was like, "Like, oh man, like it, it must have been something." But um, I I think that one that one for me was probably the biggest shocker of the day. Uh, was yeah was missing out especially because um hearing him in the q a i think i think you you heard it as well was like there was like a different kind of vibe to eric because i mean I, i've been following uh, eric for a while now and he's been around for a while like he's been competing for a long time and he's been in the arnold for multiple times nationals multiple times and people kind of know him as like oh man like this is the dude with the big deadlift and everything like that and it's just like and he kind of broke that narrative with like having the day that he had at uh, at Nats mm-hmm. and you know he had a little bit more swagger to him he had a little more confidence in him especially at that Q&A when we asked him like the question he's like hey I'm the guy to beat now like I'm the national champion I'm, I'm the dude now and I don't want people to like overlook me either and I kind of got that vibe from him so yeah it was it was kind of sad to, to to see him um not able to to register a squat because um yeah, I, I would have loved to have seen uh, Eric continue kind of be like, hey, man, like, I'm not just some guy with a big deadlift. Like, I I am a well-rounded lifter, and I'm now a national champion. You guys need to um, respect that, too. So um, I know uh, it was tough It was tough for him to swallow, but at the same time, I think um, we're not going to count out a national champion moving into, uh, you know, Arnold and, and Nats next year. It's, uh, that that I, To me, that's an aberration. Uh, more than anything, and that's not indicative of, of the lifter that Eric Lapointe is. I think uh, his resume speaks for himself. Yeah, just like you know, when Dan had the nasty one, he came back and had an excellent meet. I'm hoping same thing yeah. for Eric. Didn't have the meet he wanted at all. Hopefully, he comes back and it's like ridiculous uh, comeback meet for him. Yeah, yeah, and we also had uh, uh, Eric. No, Mark Frizzell. Yes. Yeah. Bombed out. That now, I don't know what was going on, but he full on, like, strength wise, could not get his opener. But it looked like literally he put on a third attempt for the opener. Yeah. I mean, and that's interesting, too, because, uh, you know, if anyone ever follows Mark Frizzell's training, uh, he's, he's a sapien strength athlete under Kai Rosbach. He. He has like one. He's completely stoic and just like absent emotionally, like in his face. It's incredible. Like, <laughs> his lifts aren't like super, super like snappy or fast. Like oh no, they're all like, grinders every time. Yeah, they're all grinders, but like they all move the same. Like yes. from you know uh, attempt one to attempt three, it's just like they're all they all pretty much move the exact same. And he's kind of has that reputation now, just like yeah, man. Like they don't move super fast, but it's like but they all move the same and. When we saw him get get set up, he never seemed yeah. fully locked in. Like you ever see somebody like he, pop the bar yes. out of the rack and it's like it feels it feels sturdy, like it feels like they really have like their brace under him, right? Mm-hmm. Felt shaky from the Yeah, like you saw his like his face look he looked nervous and then he was shaking. I'm like, I've never seen you shake like that and look like that. So I've that never was seen him look like that. And that was that was tough because I, I know I part of me also was hoping that he could 
sneak into to, to just outside of the top five so we could have this conversation about like you know mark frizzell is a guy to talk about because it's like we saw some great stuff at the arnold we saw some great stuff in that it's like he's coming into this like he's going to be a guy he's going to be a guy so not not the best day but i think uh moving forward he's still a guy who's going to be worth talking about in, in the 75s i mean he still finished the day out with uh, uh 182 bench um you know, even though, yeah, we couldn't submit that total or anything. He scratched his deadlift. I think that was just like, wasn't even worth kind of the, the potential for an injury. Right. So, um, but we'll see what happens, uh, moving forward for Mark. But, um, again, both of those guys, I'm not too worried about, about them moving forward. They're, they're both great athletes and, and it's just like, not everyone, not every meet is the, the nine for nine stars align day. Like that's, if you do this enough, you're going to have these days. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, besides that, we had a couple other people. Uh, Marcus Adudu did not have to meet he wanted. He ended up missing all of his third attempts, so he ended up pretty, like, decently lower than Carolina Primetime. And honestly, after Carolina Primetime, where he actually went 9 for 9 and proved me and other people wrong, because he totally did, because on the episode we said he was not going to go 9 for 9, because he had never done it before in his career. Yeah. We were definitely expecting, well, what I expected was some chips or, like, the same. So he did not have the meat he wanted to have, but I do want to see if he can put that Carolina Primetime performance on a big stage next year. Yeah, no, Mar- I mean, Marcus is, uh, I, and we talk about Eric, but I mean, Marcus is also a guy who's been around the game for a while too. I mean, um, I remember watching him as an 82, um, lifter. So it's like, uh, he's a guy who's, who's constantly kind of gotten bigger and stronger and bigger and stronger and, um, still chasing that nine for nine day. Um, still a great lifter again. Uh, he's another guy who's like his, his resume kind of speaks for itself too. So, um, we'll see kind of what happens moving forward with him, but the guy that I actually wanted to talk a little bit about was Charles. Uh, October. I don't get it. Yeah. Dr. <laughs> so it's like um, the attempts on squat missing 265 twice, both times on depth. Um, we saw last year he was never able to register a squat because he got red lighted on all of his squats last year. Uh, yep. Didn't seem like it got that much better, if I'm being honest. I, I don't understand how 53 weeks pass and you don't. <laughs> and, and it wasn't even just that too and this isn't me like you know trying to bash uh charles here it's just more that like um you know for somebody who's as decorated as he is there was some things that kind of look suspect as a, seeing things as a referee there were moments that he got red lighted i believe on having his foot not fully flush to the ground on bench press so he would have like he still got all of his benches but they were two white light lifts and it was weird because was weird. they started giving him. So the first bench he went for, and people asked him about this in the live stream because they were confused. First bench he went for, he timed out because his foot was not down, but his left heel was not down. They go to the jury, they give him a relift, and then every attempt, because of our live stream, the angle we had, which was right on, we were just staring at his foot. It was blatantly not on the floor. Like his yeah. heel was blatantly off the floor every attempt, and I was like, I don't understand what's happening. I, I I had trouble with that one too, and he changed his footwear after that first. Attempt. It did not matter. It didn't matter because it still wasn't flush with the ground, and yeah, it's just you see that and 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 the deadlift stuff. It was just like there's there was some things that kind of looked questionable. We'll, we'll just we'll put it that way, right? Um, just yeah. to try to make things political, but it's just like 
for a guy who has so many, you know, titles and everything and so well traveled in the game. Um, yeah, you don't really expect those kind of things. And that's not going to fly here at, uh, at a meet like the Virginia pro now, where we have people pushing for 600 dots. Um, like you need to be hitting your attempts, man. Like, I mean, cause otherwise yep. it's like, you're, you're on the outside looking at it. I agree. So I'm, I'm hoping that we see some sort of revival or something just, Absolutely. or even like, even just hitting the attempts, but no PR. I would be like, Hey, technique wise, you got it. So that's the hope for, that's my, my hope for Charles 2023. Yeah. Get your technique on point and, uh, you know, he'll be back to climbing up. Yeah, definitely. Agreed. <laughs> but any other mentions, anything else you wanted to mention? Lorenzo Wright, man. I mean, um, yeah, he was, uh, I mean, he was technically placed um, outside of everything, but um, Lorenzo did awesome, uh, coached by Heather Foss. Um, had a massive squad. I think that was the biggest one of the day, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was by two and a half yep. Um But it's like uh, Lorenzo came out there. He showed out. That was a really cool, I'm sure that was a really cool thing for him uh, to be able to be mm-hmm. on, on the big stage. So, um, but that was a really great moment. Um, other than that, yeah, no one else really like super stood out, um, on the men's side. I think, uh, I think we kind of talked a little bit about the storylines of what we see moving forward. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I look forward to next year where, because of something for listeners to hear next year, so far in the pro series, we should only have the Arnolds, which is not only the finale, but that's the start of the new Pro Series, and then Nationals, which will be in September, and then the Virginia Pro. Those should be the only three meets for the Pro Series next year. So as long as USAPL doesn't change anything or add something that they shouldn't add, <laughs> that should be it. And that means that if you want to stay in the Pro Series, you everyone has to do Nationals and then want to meet either the Arnolds or the Virginia Pro, which pretty much ensures that we'll have a very stacked roster next year. Saber already talked about we'll have a three-day meet next year because we'll have two days for the um, Open and then one day for the Masters, which is really cool that he's still, you know, even with the changes next year, he's going to make it three days to ensure we still have the Masters because I was like, are we going to take him out? But I literally was like, I'm not sure what you're going to do. But the fact that he's willing to pay for that is wild to me and awesome because I do like that we have the Masters Pro. But yeah, those are the main changes. So I think next year's roster will be really stacked, even more fun, and we can uh, really talk about a deep list for top five. Yeah, and and like you said, um, I, I feel like I, I don't know if everybody kind of knows what goes into prepping for, for the Virginia Pro. I mean, I think everybody's... And, and thank you to, to everyone who watched and thank you to uh, the two white lights guys for, for, you know, giving us the, the shout out and stuff on their pod and, and everything about the production. Um, but it's like the, the work starts, I mean, started pretty much this past week. Uh, it literally started. I've been on the phone with Saber twice already going yeah. over everything we didn't like to change for next year. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like people don't know enough about the work that you and Saber and Kathy have done to get ready for it and to prep for everything um, literally from the year out. And then also the guys like from TSG events, like Scotty and Ryan and everybody else, like they have their mock-ups literally almost a year in advance. It's like, I remember seeing the mock-up for like the stage and the seating area and where we were going to be and the cameras and the zip line camera. Which was so cool to see that. Oh my God. I mean like, but the thing is he had that, 
planned in January of 2022. So it's like, and the meet wasn't until December. And it's just, we always have these grandiose ideas about what we're going to do next. And usually we kind of have to kind of like reel them in eventually, but I hope people appreciate the production and, and, and the professionalism that we try to bring to, to this kind of show next year. We're always looking to, to do things better. So it's like, um, you know, if anyone is listening to this, like that watched it last this past year and the year before, do reach out to Solana, reach out to myself, reach out to Saber Schnitzer, USAPL Virginia. Like we're always here to try to improve the product and, and make it more fun and to make powerlifting a cool consumable sport right and that's kind of like that's we're in the business of entertainment and uh and i think that i think we did uh, a great job again and uh i'm just really excited to 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 join you and, and kathy again back on stream because it's uh it's it, it doesn't feel like work at all it's just so fun to do and um i loved it i love it i can't wait for next year Yo, same. I'm not gonna lie. We can't. I feel like we're the dream team now. Like I love the flow we have now for the commentary. So yeah, we'll be back next year. Same people. I'm already excited. Um, and I can't wait to see the changes we made to make it even better. Because every year the goal is to improve it. So, yeah. With that being said, Leo, thank you for joining me for this recap show, y'all. I hope you like listening to the recap show. <laughs> And y'all, catch you next time. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you loved it. I appreciate all of you so much. Thank you. And again, don't forget that review. Check out the show notes and the links. And catch you next time.